0: Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. I'm beginning with the first verse. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples across the Kidron Valley, for there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, procuring a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to befall him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word which he had spoken. Of those whom thou gavest me, I lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having his sword, drew it and struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which the Father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officer of the Jews seized Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had given counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. Lord, help us to understand, even in his ignorance, what Caiaphas was really saying. And so Caiaphas says it is expedient that one man should die for the people. Now Caiaphas represented the the Sadducees, the good guys who bought the Lord Jesus Christ. Sadducees had a noble and honorable beginning, perhaps under the reign either of David and Solomon. They came into existence through a A great priest that waited upon God and upon God's people under the leadership and reign of these two kings of long ago. You remember it was during the exile and especially after the exile a broken, bewildered, confused people found their way back into the original land where they had inhabited. And it was the Sadducees more than any other group of people that uh, took this broken group of humanity and turned them again into a nation and into the people of God. How could it possibly be that these people who were so successful and started in such an honorable way to serve man and to serve God come finally to the place where that they could be in opposition to the plan of God that they were sworn uh, to serve? How could it possibly be that a day would come when this noble group would come to the place where they would stand in opposition to the most perfect person that ever lived upon the face of this earth, how could it possibly be that these people would oppose the Son of God? The sad story is that they did. And they did in a very special, in a very forceful, in a very critical way. To the extent that they joined forces with a group of two groups that they were not on speaking terms with too well in order that they might seek the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Sadducees, headed by Caiaphas, became a willing tool in the hand of Rome. After Rome had overrun the people of God, it was the Sadducees who joined league with the Roman Empire. And they become, at that time, a puppet in the hand of Rome. And Caiaphas was the one that by and large that they dealt with when they were dealing with the Jewish people. They were the high and the mighty. It was a closed group because the only way that you could really be a Sadducee, you had to be born into the priestly family. It was started way back under Moses, under the leadership of Aaron. It was not something that anyone could be. It was a select few and a select group Uh, that had the privilege to be in the priesthood. Now, as we look at the situation as the Lord Jesus Christ came on the scene, we note that it was the Sadducees, not the Pharisees, but the Sadducees, uh, that he had uh, the fight with as it was dealing with the temple. You remember that day when the Lord Jesus Christ went into the temple and saw that they were dealing and selling and cheating the people, that he overturned the money changers and ran them out of the temple. Well, it was the Sadducees that he was dealing with. By and large, the Sadducees did not take note of the Lord Jesus Christ because they thought to him, I am quite sure, to be some flabonite person that would come on the scene in a religious way and soon fade and go into oblivion. But it seems when the Lord Jesus Christ attacked the temple and the way and the affairs of the temple that the Sadducees were in charge of. Oh, it made them so mad. It turned their little world upside down. And inside out At last they come to the place Where they could turn a blind eye to the fact That the people, the poor people Were being ripped off in worship Oh they could make their excuses For why they were doing the thing that they were doing But the simple fact is uh, That there was a rip off And that they were cheating The people who were coming into the temple To worship God And beloved I have found Whether it be in that day of long ago Or whether it be today When you begin to deal with our billfold, you had better be prepared because you might run into some trouble. And that's exactly what happened to the Lord Jesus Christ. After he had turned their little world upside down, uh, the Pharisees made an overture to the Sadducees. And as strange as it might seem, these two groups were completely different. And yet, uh, here they come to the place where they form a bond to seek the life of a person though they were different the Sadducees were political perhaps there's back uh, years before is where the seeds of corruption were sown when they become a political order as well as the ones who took care of the temple the Pharisees were closer to the people and strange as it might seem the Sadducees were somewhat removed for them and seemed to have somewhat hold the common man in some type of contempt. The Sadducees were troubled by the political implications of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were not too concerned with anything else. But when it became a place for the great population, the multitude were following the Lord Jesus Christ. It had the political implication and they thought that they would lose their power in the nation. The Pharisees thought of the Lord Jesus Christ as being blasphemous. They thought of him as being unethical and being something of a sinner. The Sadducees, it didn't make any difference to them at this level. You see, the Sadducees denied the resurrection of the body. They did not believe in angels, nor did they believe in any type of spiritual beings that can come or be a part of the kingdom of God. On the other hand, the Pharisees did. This is why there was such a conflict between the two, and seldom did they have dealings one with the other only as it pertain to business of the temple and yet we see here two of the the great groups that were committed to God finally come to the place where they join hand in order to destroy the Lord Jesus Christ it's unbelievable it's unbelievable beloved I think we should look at the situation for what it really is and let it tell us something about ourselves again and about who we are and what we are and what the possibilities are with us today. We would like to think that this is something that is lost in the past. Well, it is a historical fact. But beloved, wherever there's human nature, the same pitfall exists that these people have long ago fell into. The same road. It's got the same crooks and turns in it that these people have long ago had. And we had better be sure unless we too make the fatal mistake of taking the wrong turn and find that we at last come to the place where we're in opposition to the kingdom of God. They became more concerned with the machinery of the temple and a procedure, and then they were with the people that God had committed to their care and to their keeping. Ambition can be a wonderful thing, it can also be a pit in which you can fall. Power will kill the people or the person who wields it, if you're not careful. At last they came to the place where they had lost sight of the mercy of the love and care of a personal God. It did not mean anything to them anymore. They did not pass it on to the people. So therefore they could be completely and totally oblivious to the needs of the people out there. As long as the temple door was open. As long as seemingly the people come, even though they held them in somewhat content, That was enough. They were really not concerned about what went on out there in the world. Can it not be laid to our charge at times? that the only thing that we're concerned about is the machinery of the church... And what we do within this particular room of our church, have we come to the place, too, that we have lost sight of the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ, that God sent the Lord Jesus Christ in order that the lost might be found and the unsaved might be saved. Beloved, when we as God people come to the place that we're only concerned about ourselves, we have made the same foolish blunder. That these noble men and women of long ago made. Let us check our position to make sure. That we are as much concerned about the lost. Out there the unsaved. As we are about what goes on in here. Because if we come to the place. Where we are only concerned about the machinery. Of the temple. We have missed the heart. Of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us remind ourselves of the fact this morning and thank God. I did not plan it that way, but what a beautiful thing it is for to be at the center of our worship service this morning, our communion, which calls us to the fact that we are committed to a person, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is secondary that we are committed to a church or a Methodist church. It is secondary what we happen to call ourselves. The prime thing that we must keep in mind at all times is that we are committed to a person, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ that God gave to us. It is neither the temple, nor the law, nor Rome, nor Caiaphas, nor the church can take precedent over the needs of man. And where we let this happen, we have done violence to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ as we know it today. And aren't you glad that we are committed to a personal God? Aren't you glad that the revelation of God as we find it in the Lord Jesus Christ tells us of a personal relationship that you can have with God? You do not have to go through the high priest or kids or anyone else in order to have Communion spiritually with the Lord Jesus Christ. He has not only committed to us the Lord Jesus Christ, but he has committed to us the Holy Spirit in order that we might be able to have communion with him in a personal way. It is true that we can give leadership to one another. that we can pray for one another. But beloved, unless you come to the place where you have committed yourself to the personhood of Christ, it is of little avail to you and to the kingdom of God. So today, as we come to the Lord's table, let us remind ourselves of that who we are and what we have been called to be, an instrument in the hand of God to carry the saving gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ to the people yet not born into the kingdom of God.